had such a great time last night with Pastor Strutz. If you don't know if you're a visitor, Pastor Strutz came 40 years ago to Rochester to start a little church, and apparently they had their first services out in Menden Park in May of 1983 in Rochester, and thus this church was birthed. And to have him come back, and not only to uh, minister to us, but also to... uh, it ministers to him as well. I, I've left churches. I've gone back to see what God is doing. It's a very great blessing to see and know what uh, you left behind, even though some of the names, like I said, you might not know them and they might not be around any longer. It's piece by piece. And sometimes, I'm convinced, sometimes God brings in people, they're staging. God uses them, builds the structure, and then they go away. I've seen that in churches. And I believe that because God will use people in all sorts of different ways to build his purpose. And we are so blessed to have Pastor Strutz with us this weekend and to celebrate 40 years of this congregation. And so let's give him a nice welcome as he comes, Pastor Eric Strutz. That would help. Check, check. Ephesians chapter 5. Praise the Lord. I want you to do me a favor before we get started. And I all, I want everybody to wave at me. I want to take this home. <clears throat> Show my church. Ephesians chapter 5. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And on behalf of my wife, Brenda, I still remember... As we're preparing to come here, we had a uh, mobile home to sell, and we had to pack our uh, U-Haul truck, and she took piano lessons from one of the sisters in the Tucson congregation, I think for about just three weeks. And coming here, I think we had a a little piano in the U-Haul, and uh, she would play for the song service, and uh, over the years, she became quite accomplished, and uh, she was as much a part of what we accomplished here as I was, and I'm very grateful on her behalf, Uh, amen, Uh, I'm very thankful for her support, involvement, and all that she was part of, amen, and the impact that she made in the lives of many And so, without her, I couldn't have done anything near what I've done. The music group Chicago, and people are wondering, who are they? (laughs) Anyway, they're an old rock and roll group from my generation, sang a song, does anyone know what time it is? Does anyone really care? You better care. And the essence of who we are and what we do is based on time. And you and I will give an account of our time on planet Earth. And what distinguishes us from many other organizations and even Christians are how we use our time. We spend one-third of the day sleeping. 
Uh huh, figure it out. We spend over 20% of the day eating and feasting. Most people spend a, <clears throat> no more than 1% of their time in any kind of religious activity. So when you look at the world and you look at culture and our generation in light of what we do and the time we spend, prayer, church services, revivals, discipleship classes, crusades, rallies, conferences, outreaches, practices, music scenes, special events. Oftentimes, this is what distinguishes what you and I are part of from much of the other church world. 15% of every day, spiritual things. And may we never lose sight of the importance and the value of that, because oftentimes that's lost in our generation. Time. Time waits for no man. My birthday is next month. And as I look back, much of my life has passed by. The time that I will be allotted, I'm on the back end. I have limited time. And that's what's prompted me to preach this message. The crucial importance of time out of this portion of Scripture. The city of Ephesus contains one of the great wonders of the world. God began to move in this city in a gracious and a wonderful way. It has the remnants of the library. Undoubtedly, the education, the reading, the time spent. And... The Apostle Paul is speaking to the church here in Ephesus, and maybe there was more than one. And he's going to challenge them as he wraps up the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesus. And he says in chapter, or, yeah, chapter 5, verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as the wise, or wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Out of the American standard, look carefully, therefore, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. You and I are held captive. A four-letter word, T-I-M-E. We are born in time, we die in time. We are in a stream of life called time. A beginning, a middle, and a future. There's never a time when you and I are not bound and held captive to time. The only time you will be free 
is when you run out of time. Fish swim with their mouth open. The water will flow into their mouth and in and out through their gills. They cannot store water. They can only filter it and use it. Same is true for you and I. The stream of time moves swiftly. Time and tide wait for no man. So what do you have available this morning? You and I have 52 weeks a year. 365 days. 8,760 hours. 525,600 minutes every year. You can't store it up. You can't buy, borrow, steal, or beg. And the most solemn thing about time is that you and I will stand before God and give an account for the time we've had. How you use it. And I will challenge you this morning. You can have the time of your life if you'll use it for God. Our text challenges us. Redeem the time because the days are evil. The word redeem or redemption means to buy up or take advantage of the opportunities afforded in your life. It is to utilize your time for the Lord Jesus. It is to take advantage every waking moment knowing time counts. Time matters. Time makes a difference. I have only just a minute. Just 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me. Can't refuse it. Didn't seek it. Didn't choose it. I must suffer if I lose it. Give an account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute. But eternity is in it. See, oftentimes in light of all the demands in life, we lose sight of the crucial importance of time. And the Apostle Paul undoubtedly saw something in the lives of believers in Ephesus. If we could fast forward to today, same thing. Same thing applies. And he calls us into a place of stewardship and responsibility. What is a steward? It's very interesting, the background to the word steward, because it comes from an old English word, sty word. And a sty was a home for pigs, a pig sty. And the hired farmhand was responsible for the well-being of the pigs that were kept in the sty. And therefore, the sty word, or the steward. 
A steward defined in the dictionary is one who is a supervisor, an administrator, a manager, or a keeper of a trust. A Christian steward is one to whom God has given a trust that is to be managed for him. And ultimately, we will give an account. Time is one of those trusts. And the challenge then in our text is, would we and are we willing to be good stewards of the time allotted in our lives? So consider with me this. A correct appraisal of time. See, how valuable is time to you? Money is valuable. What you do for a living is valuable. Resources. But what about your time? America has this motto. You're a waster of time. You see no value. You have a watch this morning. You have a clock in your car. A clock in your home. You woke up this morning to an alarm clock. Many of us have been through time management seminars where we work, time. And having the correct appraisal of time, what is part of that appraisal? One is the sacredness of time. Why is it so sacred? Because it's a gift. It's a gift from God. You didn't come up with that idea. You had no say into the time you were born, amen, much of the time allotted you while you were alive. Carl Sandburg, the author from another generation, time is the most valuable thing that man can spend. In 2 Kings chapter 20, Hezekiah is told, hey buddy, your time is up. Get your house in order. What does Hezekiah do? He pleads with God. No, may this not be so. Don't let this happen. And God honors his request and gives him not one year, not ten, but fifteen more years. Because he valued time. He saw the importance it was sacred. Queen Elizabeth I. It is recorded that when she was near death, this was her request. All my possessions for a moment of time. Very interesting. Oftentimes people wait until the last moments of their life to realize the sacredness of time. The poet, every day is a magic chest. 
The gift of time is in it. So guard it well and do not lose one golden, sacred minute. See, how do you see time? Is it of value? Is it of importance? Or is it just, who cares? For you and I, it is important that we correctly appraise time because it's sacred. Second of all, it's short. The average age for men right now is 78 years of age. 78 years is for women, 81. That, in light of history, in light of all that has transpired, it's a drop in the bucket. It's so short. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 29, But this I say, brethren, the time is forever. Wait a minute, let me take a second look here. No, it didn't say that. It said the time is short. Short. James 4, verse 14, You do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor, a mist, a breath that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. When I was a child, when as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran, and later, as I older grew, time flew. Soon I shall find, while traveling on, time gone. Psalms 90, the facts of life, as for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. He goes on to say, so teach us to number our days that we may that we may have a heart of wisdom. Time. One grandmother above her dresser, a plaque. Only one life shall soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Our appraisal of time, the sacredness, the shortness, and in our text, the setting. The Scripture encourages, exhorts, challenges us, redeem the time. Why? We're living in wicked times. The level of corruption, the challenges that we face, the unleashing of, uh, uh, of the last days and, uh, and all that the devil would throw at us. 
2 Timothy 3, verse 1, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult, wicked, trying times will come. We're living in that. Oftentimes, it's a challenge then to manage our time wisely and in turn redeem or buy up the opportunities afforded us. The older I get, the more opportunity I have to be at the bedside of dying individuals. Oftentimes, this is the statement from the nurse, the doctor. He or she doesn't have much time left. And I cannot help but think in my own mind, in my own thinking. I think that's true for me also. Jesus, in Luke 2, verse 49, amen, he said, I must be about my Father's business. He spoke that undoubtedly in his understanding and revelation of time. So in light of the sacredness, the shortness, the setting for time, how are we going to use time? How are we going to appropriate time in our lives? Redeem the time. Take advantage opportunities afforded us. Be wise and appropriate time consciously. You know, one of the reasons for salvation is that you and I might sober up. Oftentimes, amen, before salvation, we are living in a stupor. We are recuperating, recovering, gaining our wits, our senses about us, only to get drunk once again, to get high. To take a close look at the clock, the watch understand what's going on and how time relates to life. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Whoever loses a day, loses life. Lord Bacon of England. To use time is to use life. Dr. Otis Young is quoted as saying, time wasted is mere existence. Used properly is life. Benjamin Franklin is quoted as saying, time is what life is made of. So the biggest excuse that I get in our outreaches and in witnessing to other people is this. I don't have time. Really? You don't have time. You're too busy. Listen to Solomon as he writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. It's incredible, his understanding of time. There is a time to give birth and a time to die. 
a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to shun embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up is lost. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear down, and a time to sew together. A time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. In this list, there is no mention whatsoever. There's a time to waste. Someone said, you cannot kill time without injuring eternity. To waste time is to waste life. Our challenge this morning is to use our time wisely. That means we have to be very sober and very conscious. The Apostle Paul writes to believers in Corinthians, in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 6. And he says this word, now. We have a problem with that, don't we? Oh, it's fine when we tell our children, clean up your room now. Do your homework now. All but when it comes to us. (laughs) And yet here's the apostle. Now is the accepted time. Now is the time of your salvation. Now is the time that you and I have. Without knowing it. The evening I was saved. The evening I was born again. This is weighing in my mind. What if tomorrow I don't feel what I feel? What if tomorrow things change and I don't get to come back and listen to another sermon, sit through another altar call? And that was one of the reasons I was prompted to respond is because the time was now. When do we get the most accomplished? It's now. Not tomorrow, it's not next week, it's not when we get to it. It's now. And the same thing with the things of God. Former President Teddy Roosevelt said, nine-tenths of wisdom consist of being wise in your use of time. Time is for today. Time is for every breath. You and I are living in the present. And in light of that, we need to be responsible and active with the time that we have. So let me close with one final thought, and that is consistently applying time. See, one of the things that is oftentimes missing is consistency. 
See then, the scripture says in our text, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. See that you walk circumspectly, wisely, not inconsistently, not erratically, not uh, amen, start and stop, uh, amen, but something consistent. And the testimony as you and I are believers in Jesus Christ, uh, amen, is found in our consistent walk with the Lord. Acts 21 verse 24, walk orderly. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, walk by faith. Galatians 5, verse 16, walk by the Spirit. Ephesians 2, verse 10, walk in good works. Ephesians 5, verse 2, walk in love. In Ephesians 5, verse 8, walk as children of light. Colossians 1, verse 10, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And I could go on and on and on and on. Walk circumspectly consistently applying yourselves to the time that you're given. So how do we do that? How do we facilitate that? In Ephesians 5, as we follow through on the text, we go to verse 17, and the Scripture says, So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You know, it's a gracious thing that God would have a plan for your life. I mean, this goes beyond words, that God would care and implement His plan in the lives of His believers and children. It's interesting to me how many people are wandering through life. Where's Brother So-and-so? Oh no, he's over here. What's he doing? He's just wandering about. And accomplishing zip. Zero. Nothing. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Sheep don't wander the countryside. They are guided and directed by a shepherd. He understands the importance. I have daylight and I have nighttime. And I have to move the sheep to a place of safety. Consistently, day in and day out, week after week. Our challenge is to find the will of God and follow the will of God and finish in the center of God's will for our lives with the time that we are allotted. And we have a shepherd who will guide us and help. Verse 18, Do not get drunk with wine, for this is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. One of the divine aspects of the Spirit of God is to provide you and I with the guidance necessary so we're not wasting our time 
That's an incredible blessing. That you and I are living a spirit-filled life. And we know where we're going. And we can get from A to B. Quickest, safest, shortest distance. Because we have divine guidance. A man was critical of the old evangelist D.L. Moody. Does Moody have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? Another would answer and said, no. But the Holy Spirit seems to have a monopoly on Mr. Moody. Good stewards of time. Lean on and are governed by the power of the Holy and the use of their time. And what are the consequences of it all? Verse 19 and 20. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. And so as Christians this morning, born-again believers, Yeah, we're not party animals and speed freaks and uh, dopers and uh, uh, boozers. We're not drunkards. We don't chew and we don't run with girls that do. But far more than that, Far more, far deeper than all of that is we've come to a place where we have become stewards, managers, overseers of the time that we have in this life. God's given us that, and we have reason to celebrate singing and making melody. Giving thanks, our sense of gratification. You know what? God has given me time. He's given me years. He's given me health. Uh, he's given me a, a job, a career. He's given me a wife, a family. Uh, I'm making the best of it. I'm using my time wisely, and I have reason to celebrate. I'm grateful. I'm humble, subject to one another. And I will tell you that oftentimes the happiest believers in Jesus Christ are simply those that have understood the importance of time and are using their time in this life wisely. To be guided and governed. To know that we are correctly appraising the time allotted in our lives that we consciously appropriate the, the time afforded us, that we are consistent and faithful in the time given us. And there is coming a time, Luke 16, verse 2, where we will give an account of our stewardship. And much of that will be, what did you do with the time you were given? Let me close with this. 
in Kensington Gardens. This is one of London, England's most beautiful spots. There's a clock with four sides. A clock on each side. One to the north, one to the south, one to the east, one to the west. And underneath each clock face, carved in large letters, are these words. Time flies. Each tick of the clock brings us closer and closer and closer to the day we will stand before the Lord. The distinguishing factor in much, many of our lives is what we've been doing with our time. Does anybody really care? Yes, we care. And we're doing something about it. And we're making it work on our behalf. Time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you lose it, you can never get it back. Time. What are you doing with your time? I still remember that altar call, January 6, 1976, and that's rattling around in my brain. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. I had a divine appointment with God himself, and I needed to keep it. I wouldn't be here this morning if I didn't. I understand the importance of now when it comes to time. May we never overlook the importance of the time we have to live for the Lord. May we never allow the things of this world to devalue the time we are allotted in this life. Some of you will live into your 30s and 40s. Others will live into their 80s and 90s. Time. What are you doing with your time? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Just for a moment. I appreciate each of you. Amen. You're here, you're attentive. And I'm looking for a response this morning. Time. The older I get, the more I realize, whoa, time. Time. Oh. I don't have forever. And I don't have time to waste. And that doesn't mean that I'm running at 100 miles an hour day in and day out. But it does mean that I have time that I need to see this from God and it has incredible value. And this morning, amen, you're a guest, you're a visitor. 
you've come, you're part of our service this morning, and it's not just the message, but up to this point, God has been dealing with you about the time you have and what you've been doing with it. Sin is devastating. It robs us time. It takes away being at the age that I am, I'm dealing, I'm in a whole other generation and I am dealing with elderly people who are running out of time. And to listen to them, to listen to their story, to share with them time. They don't have time. I remember my wife's father dealing with him, challenging him. He's at the end of life. He relents. He prays. He gives his life to Jesus, and six weeks later he passes. He told the caregiver the night before he passed, I'm not waking up in the morning. I'm going home, but not to my house. And he slips into eternity and he enters heaven. He took advantage of the time allotted him. You don't have to be old. Many young people oftentimes. I was a young man when I first heard the gospel and recognized that Today is the day. Now is the appointed time. I had a divine appointment with God. And I responded, and I'm here today simply because I kept that appointment. The time, my time was up. Sin had taken its toll in my life. And you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Today is your day. Would you respond? Lift your hand very quickly. Thank you, thank you. Others, you'd lift your hand. Thank you, dear. You can put it down. Maybe you're backslidden. You're away from God. The thing that is so incredible about the parable of the prodigal is he recognized what time it was. And he made his way home. Oh, and we have this incredible story before us that has lived on for centuries because he recognized what time it was. Backslider, your time is up. And this morning is an opportunity, God-given opportunity to return home. Would you? Would you make that decision? I'll tell you what, you'll have no regrets. I pastor a church today. I've been there 37 years. I've seen countless backsliders come back into the church. And they are a powerful and wonderful testimony. Precious souls redeemed. Would you respond, backslider, simply with an uplifted hand? Thank you. Thank you. Let me challenge you this morning. Oftentimes, yeah, we preach on all kinds of subjects. 
But I'm telling you, time is slapping me across the side of the head. Time. The value, the importance, the correct appraisal, the response that we make to the time that we have. And that ultimately, we will give an account to God, hey, Lord, this is what I did with my time. And oftentimes in our society and in our culture today, what separates born-again believers is what they've done with their time. It's incredible. It's almost as though it's endless if you are a long-term believer. It's incredible. You understand and you are a good steward of the time that you have. It's amazing oftentimes that if you do well with the time that you have today, it's like God gives you more time and more time because you're good with it. You're responsible. And I encourage you this morning, never lose sight. The apostle is reminding us as he did the Ephesian believers, <laughs> redeem the time. And we are definitely living in the prophesied uh, uh, generation of evil. Redeem the time. So I want to open the altar for a time of prayer. You lifted your hand. Maybe you did and you're not saved. You're uh, not born again or you're backslidden. I want you to slip out of your seat right now. Come and pray. Somebody's going to pray with you. Others, as you would like to pray, join them. Come to the altar. Uh, amen. We're going to believe God to help us. Uh, amen. If you're at your seat, stand with me. We're going to sing, worship the Lord. Uh, amen. Uh, as these pray through this morning. Breathe in me a clean heart, oh, oh, oh God. Oh yes, and renew a right spirit within me.
you, Lord. Let's worship God. Let's praise Him together. Let's thank Him for His work in our midst, His work in our hearts. Uh,